Welcome back, podcasters, to It's Okay to Feel. Hey, hey. So um, this is going to be into different um, parts, and this is about my uncle. So if you guys did not read that um, episode, I highly consider y'all going back and to go look for that episode and listen to it. Um, these are his confessions from when he was in prison and, um, he did die in the late 1990s, but he wrote this August 24th. He didn't write this. This was typewriting, um, probably by somebody that was in the prison. My uncle was born, um, February of 1960. Um, so he's going to write and I'm just going to go off 1965. Just bear with me, guys, because it's, it's a little hard, and this is um, how my family pretty much turned into uh, my mom's trauma and my grandmom's trauma and so on. First house I remember living in was in Barnesboro, New Jersey. It was a farmhouse, and we raised chickens. We had one cow. Me and my sister each had a dog, and we spent time playing with the dogs out in the fields. At times, my father would take us down by the stream to pick raspberries. We would pick them and bring them in the house and eat them with cream. He built a go-kart and would take us for rides around the farm. My sister was three and I was five. We had many good times. I had my own room and enjoyed the privacy. And my father and my mother would come into my room and read stories too, to me and then tuck me in. It was a routine I liked very much. There was an old Jeep parked next to the house that me and my sister used to play in. How did this image come to you? Somebody wrote in there. And this wasn't him. And then they asked him and then he replied, Once I heard a noise in the exhaust pipe and looked inside, a bee came out and it stung me. Two days later, I heard the same noise and this time put my ear up to the pipe. What made you do it again? They asked. The bee came out and stung me again. So much for learning about these things the first time. Every weekend, the family would go and visit Grandpa. He would take me to the park, and sometimes he would take me fishing. And I always felt special and really enjoyed his company. He got me involved in rock collecting and taught me to understand nature. He died when I was 12. I was sad, and I missed him so much. When I viewed the body... I felt strange and wondered why. My father was collision expert in the auto body garage. He would work all day and my mother would take care of us. Sometimes my father would work on cars at home and I enjoyed working with him. My mother would work at night at a nursing home and my father would watch us at night. I am still five years old and my sister Sharon was just being born. My mother was in a hospital and me and Christine if you guys want to know, Christine is my mom. We're not allowed into the hospital, so my father snuck up us up to the fire escape to see my mom. Sharon was born with spinal bilifia and was rushed to Children's Hospital. I felt scared not knowing what was happening. My father was acting nervous and strange, and I remember him talking to me and Christine, saying Sharon would never, ever walk. Um, just real quick, guys. Um, Sharon is my aunt. Um... 
she was pretty much active in me and my brother's life um, when my grandma would take care of us and my mom would work. Um, my aunt was in a wheelchair. I was there when she passed away. And um, she she played Barbies with me. She had a mind, um, even though she, I think she was 27, 28 years old, um, she had a mind of probably a 13, 14 year old girl. Um, at that time, I was probably around that age when she passed away. Um, she had a lot of uh, things wrong with her. All right, let, let's get back into this. I remember him talking to me and Christine saying Sharon would never walk and that she could die. Now, when Sharon was brought home, everything changed. I never got any attention after that. I felt left out. I continued to play with Christine. However, we seemed to separate from the rest of the family. They had no time for us, only Sharon. At this time, I knew nothing about religion. My mom was Catholic and my father was Mormon. As far as my name, my father wanted to have a junior. I was the closest to my mom before Sharon was born. We used to bake cookies and clean the house and play games. I felt pretty happy. When I see the before and after Sharon's, I can see the real sadness. My father started drinking more and spending time more at the bars chasing women. Then he would come home and argue with my mom about anything. Mom started spending 24 hours a day taking care of Sharon. All the stress caused her to yell and scream at us. I felt like I had to walk on tiptoes. She would strike us for nothing and I couldn't understand what was going on with mom and dad. I was getting more and more afraid of my parents and my father would time his getting home just before it was time for mother to go to work. He would send us to bed as soon as he got home. I remember one particular night. It was hot and the windows were open and I was asleep in my room and my father walked in. I remember the smell of alcohol. It was so bad. I thought he was coming in to kiss me goodnight. He told me it'd be quiet. Then he pulled down my pants and started rubbing on my bottom. He told me to sit up and he pulled his pants down. I saw his penis and I was frightened because it was just so big. He grabbed my hand and asked me to touch it. I was trying to pull away, but he couldn't. He told me to suck his dick. I didn't want it to, but he grabbed my head and put it in my mouth for a few seconds and then stopped. He told me to lay down on my stomach. That was when he forced his penis into my anus. It was the most painful thing I've ever felt. After he was done, he told me not to tell anyone. When he left, I started crying and could not stop. That was when he said, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. This happened about twice a week for the next two years of my life. When my mom would go to work, I would cling to her leg and let, not let her go. But I couldn't tell her what was going on. I was just too afraid of my father. That was um, 1965. So now we're going into, he wrote, 1967. We moved to Seoul, New Jersey, a two-story house. It was an older A frame house with a big woods in the back. There was a big bend in the road by our house and lots of cars would crash. It seemed like at least every other month. All of the other children had their own rooms. The sexual abuse stopped in this house. I assumed it was because my mom had stopped working and was home all the time. 
The physical abuse continued with me. And now my father was physically abusing my sister. And this just started in this house. My father would come home drunk and my sister and I were too noisy. He would send us to our room or punish us. When he was sober, he was nice to us. But when he was drunk, he he would abuse us. My mom got a new job working for New Jersey Transit Bus, driving a bus. She worked the late shift. One night I heard laughing downstairs and I went down and saw my sister lying in her bed naked. And my father had his head between her legs. I walked into the room and asked him what he was doing. His response was very angry and said, get out of here. And I was surprised at his reaction because they were laughing and having a good time. I felt jealous. I wanted to have some fun too. But after the response from my father, I ran away afraid and angry. So then I went into the living room and watched TV and felt very lonely. Later, my father told me not to tell my mom or anyone. I knew by the tone of his voice that if I told anyone, I would be punished. It reminded me of when he said that to me. I guess that meant it reminded me. I felt abandoned, lonely, and angry. I thought of how it could fix the problem. It seemed that the only way was to be bad. I would refuse to do my chores, break things, generally would be a bad boy. Since my mother was working and sleeping most of the time, I felt more lonely and abandoned. Now I started going to my friend's house. His name was Kurt. We met him as a kindergarten and my teacher's name was Miss Schaefer. I liked my teacher and enjoyed going to school. Kurt lived three doors down from me and would meet at the bus stop every morning. We always sat in the back and it was the bumpiest ride. I liked learning the ABCs. Felt smart because I was learning something. Me and Kurt would go after school and look for turtles and salamanders. Bring them back to school for show and tell. The girls didn't like the salamanders. Once a salamander jar fell off the shelf and landed on the heat register, heat register and broke. All the girls started screaming and the boys all laughed and cried. First grade was a new, new school and stayed there until about sixth grade. Kurt had a mini bike and we would ride out in the field pretending to be evil Knievel. We would build ramps and just to jump over trash cans. I broke my wrist once and thought it was funny. I enjoyed school and the teacher told my mom that I was a gifted reader and speller. I was also singing in the during music time. The first song I learned was This Land Is Your Land and my mom asked me to sing it to her. And after that, she taught me how to sing. My mom was very proud of my singing and would ask me to sing in front of her friends. To help me with my spelling, my mom and father would hold spelling bees for me and they would seem really proud of my spelling. I did have a hard time in math and was put in a special class for that. Because of the special class, the kids would call me retard and stupid. I would be afraid to go to, to the board afraid of making a mistake when he said bored um, to the front of the class. I had a friend I met in fifth grade. Her name was Barbara and she had a sister named Beverly. We used to play dodgeball and spend time running around the schoolyard. Then one day someone dared me to catch her and kiss her. I ran after her and kissed her. She said yuck. 
and I felt humiliated. Humiliated. Oh, Lord have mercy. Humiliated. <laughs> oh my jeez. I'm sorry. My expect ex expectations were that, that she was going to like it. But she went and told the principal about it. And when I saw the principal, I was terrified. And he scolded me. After a few days, we, we talked and I never kissed her again. But I was still interested in becoming her friend. At the end of the year, she told me she was moving to Maryland and I was devastated. During junior high, I had to change schools because of the district I was in. My other friends were sent to different schools and I was alone. Seventh grade, I tried to fit in joining the wrestling team but didn't quite make it. And because of failing, the other students called, my, called me retard and stupid. I tried to get back into control by fighting. I was put in special classes for math and speech class because I used to stutter. I was given privileges of going to the art and crafts room. And I met Lisa. She was, she was nice and we got along well and sat next to each other in class. I found out that there was another boy who liked her and he would call me Clarence the cross-eyed lion. And we got into a fight and Lisa used to help me feel better after fighting with Mike. She would invite me to her house and we would go fishing and roller skating. She would always kiss me goodnight and I felt accepted and loved. We ended our relationship without any sexual contact, but on peaceful terms. 1973 was a time my parents got divorced and I was only 13 years old. It was Christmas day that my father told my mom, I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. I heard him tell my mom and I was devastated and confused because my mom was crying. I felt sad for her. I felt anger toward my father. I wondered, am I to blame? What is going to happen to me and the rest of the family? It turned out that my father was having an affair with my mom's best friend. And I actually really remember this. Um, I remember my my pop-up cheated on my mom or my grandma um I, I wasn't born yet um just I remember all of this and I just he he was still with the the lady that he cheated on my grandma with and um rumors were that she put a pillowcase over his head and obviously I was I was born then so I was probably about gosh, 11, 12 years old when um, my papa died. And I've always asked my mom, why did she introduce me to my papa if he, he's done these things? I, I just don't, that, that's just the part that, that didn't sit well with me. <laughs> you know, like if someone was doing that to any of my kids or anything like that, why would you bring and introduce? I don't give a shit if they were part of the fucking family. You just don't. I, I, I didn't consider him or my uncle a part of my life. I didn't talk to my uncle when he was um, in jail. He would call my grandma all the time. My grandma would talk to him and my mom. And I was just baffled. And I'm like, why do you guys still talk to him after all this stuff? Like, I, I don't get it. You know? Um, and I get it. As a child, you, you're not you're not brought into knowing all this stuff you're learned in, in from somebody else I, I i get it 
but there there's a limit to a fucking stop. You know what I'm saying? Enough is enough, but yeah, rumors were about his new wife years and years later. She put a pillowcase over his head and he suffocated and died. I don't give a shit. I hope she really fucking did. Anyway, um, he was in love with my grandmom's best friend. And eventually Carol, that was her name, Carol, became my stepmom. I'm reading back off of my uncle. When my father left the house, he asked me to help him to put his things in the truck. As I went to help him, my mom said, if you help him, you will never have a mother again or a place to live. I felt trapped in a catch-22 situation, not knowing what to do. I listened to my mom. I watched my father struggle carrying all this stuff in, into the car. Now my mother had to go on welfare and money was extremely tight. I started rebelling in school. I was angry at my mom for telling me what to do. I didn't want to accept any responsibility, so I thought my mother could have stopped the divorce. Maybe it was her fault. I was also given chores that was my father's responsibility, such as repairing things and manly duties. This all took time, and I wasn't able to spend the time I wanted with my friends anymore. How did this make this leap? Uh, somebody wrote in a question. This was the time I started molesting my sister, Sharon. <laughs> Isn't that fucking sick? It breaks my heart. My aunt, who was in a wheelchair, she could not feel from the waist down. And I remember this. Somebody molesting her. And she, she couldn't even feel it. She was a good person. She was a brat, but she was a good person. All right. Sorry. All right. This was the time I started molesting my sister, my sister Sharon. I was only 14. I found a book with a picture on the cover of a man and a woman on the cover. They were naked. I looked through the book and the pictures were very explicit. I used these pictures to masturbate too. Now my mother asked me to help take care of Sharon. This included giving her baths and changing her clothes and I would have to babysit while mother would go take Christine roller skating. This happened at least three days a week for nine years on and off. I started molesting her while I was bathing her. I would wash her vagina for long periods of time and she would tell me to stop, but I would tell her it was okay. After a while, she stopped even saying anything. She was only nine years old. After six months, I asked her if she wanted to see my penis. She did say okay. How did this feel? Um, someone put a question. At first, she was afraid to touch it, but I grabbed her hand and made her touch it. I ha had the book out, and we were just sitting on the couch. I asked her if she wanted to do what they were doing in the book. She agreed and then laid back and I stuck my penis into her vagina. It was difficult, but she had no feeling below the waist, so she couldn't tell if it hurt or not. But afterwards she started bleeding and I got scared as hell. How did you override the fear so that you could continue having sex with her? Someone put in a question. I cleaned her up and nothing was said for a few days. Then my mother asked Sharon and myself 
is we had done any sexual things. I confessed and my mother told my father. He said it was a phase that I was going through and not to do it anymore. Let me just stop right there. Did you guys just hear what he just said? My grandma was concerned and not sure what was happening. So she went to her ex-husband and told him. And he told her it was a phase and just not do it again. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Now, a lot of you guys are going to like ask, why was I so connected to my grandma? Why did I love her? She did not do or any like it just wasn't brought up when me and my brother was brought into this world from my mom. Um, we were the only grandkids my grandmom had. My, my uncle didn't have kids and obviously my Aunt Sharon couldn't have any children. So, and my Aunt Sharon couldn't go off by herself anyway. She, she was living with my grandmom all the time. So, um, a lot of everybody, um, in my family says that she blacked it out. Um, it was just so much on her that not that she okayed it because obviously she turned to somebody and she and back in the day there wasn't much you guys can do i mean you can't call the cops and stuff there's family incest was was a okay thing back in the day you know and it just baffles my mind that my grandpa he's not even my fucking grandpa robert senior would say something like that all right, we're going to go into um, part two. Um, all right.